Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. podcast my name is pc tony i am your commissioner and the commissioner of the united states and i'm joined as always by the man the myth the legend the other half the world's greatest tag team never it's him it's him it is him it's dpp it's a lot of hymns i never put the emphasis on that uh slabble bless you Grazies. Grazies. I was going to say grazie, and then I decided to choose to gracias, and I think the Italians and the, the Spaniards neither knew what the fuck I was talking about. Christopher Platt is on the show today. He's my MVP, Mr. Velvet Pipes. Welcome back to my life. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I can respect that you two guys are the greatest tag team ever. But, bro, I've been here long enough, man. Can we get, like, some free bird shit popping off here? Maybe a little New Day action, something like that? I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Some kind of super-duper six-man something. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're you're undervaluing your, your own brand there, my friend. Yeah, that's a kind way to say no. Thanks. <laughs> I don't want to hold no six-man tag shit, brother. What do you want me to say? Is it being part of the DWI faction good enough? There's only five of us. Really? Really? Uh, you, that's 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 what we doing now? Like, really? Like, see, you see what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? I just don't want to go for saying? the six-man tags. Why would you got to be six-man tags? Why don't you go fucking pick up Mike Man and AJ and go be the six-man tags? Why don't y'all bring something to DWI faction? We're world greatest tag team never. Why don't you just be the fucking champ then? Like, we're good with you being the champ, and now you're going to bitch about, like, DP and I are over here before you come walking into the locker room like, man, let's 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 help Platt go get that championship, bro. I believe in him. And he walks in here talking about three-man fucking tag titles, six-man tag titles. What do you, what do you want? We want to get open never fucking uh, hardcore money in the fucking toilet title? What do you want that? Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that is exactly – what bullshit sounds like that was complete <laughs> and utter bullshit and I'm we all know it. it really good at it ring the bell for that <laughs> I, am <not> <laughs> I love you chris i'm just here just you know sitting on the ring on the apron maybe i'll get tagged in maybe i won't we don't know yeah we don't know the guy the guy gets nicknamed the mvp and he's just like he needs more 
he's like, nah. He's like, no, nah, man. I don't. I don't need you guys to keep pushing me towards the heavyweight title. You know. Why do you say we go get them six man tags, huh? 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 What are you fucking riddle? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, man. All gold is good gold, baby. Listen, you come up with a good name, and I'll go for the six man tags with you. Otherwise, you're going to be Johnny Valiant out there. With, with honestly, with, it's with funny. Under our titles. <laughs> you know what, Chris? You know what, Chris? I'm going to take a break. Well, we haven't taken long enough. to. Ah, crap. This is what I was afraid of. You're recording, right, Dan? Yeah, why not? Are you or no? Yeah. Great. Because mine stopped at 3.38. How long are we in? <laughs> 12 minutes. Yeah, guess what? You're going to record now. Uh, that fucking sucks because we don't want to start over. And I'm glad I got to tell everybody about that. Um, you know what? We'll post on Sunday and you'll all have found that out already. So not a big freaking deal. I thought we were doing that anyway. Oh, well, then that's fine. You just send me the MP3 whenever and I'll still post it. Sure, folks, I can guarantee you this podcast has less than 36 minutes left in it. <laughs> you get 36 minutes more of this gold. Let me tell you that. Oh, baby. Yeah, we, we've already wasted seven. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you want to go for the six man tag titles? <laughs> <laughs> this hot garbage. I mean, right. I mean, whose fault really is this? They like we had to have an intervention here. <laughs> we probably should. I can't speak for y'all, but we probably should. <laughs> I'm not putting it down, so you don't bother. <laughs> Is it wrong to show up to a high school basketball game drunk? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I know one of the kids. That's my nephew out there. <laughs> oh, all the players are half the players are drunk or high. You know how this goes. You know, you know they're Irish, right? <laughs> they, they, oh, so everybody's drunk apparently. Yeah. Then. No, no offense to the Irish. All, all due respect. But y'all know what it is. I'm good with it. <laughs> You're lucky. Yeah, I was about to burn you bad, and I forgot what I was going to say now before we had this whole fiasco about me not being able to record. So consider that. Wreck that up to karma. Um, you must be a good guy. And uh... It's Black History Month. Y'all got to be nice to me. <laughs> I know. I know. I got a pin. I got a pin that says so. <laughs> Part of my flair. Part of my, my flair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, you got too much flair. Don't worry, I support the troops and the pride movement as well. And I actually support I do support all of those things as as well, but you know how many damn pins you put on a lanyard, my neck fucking hurts, okay? <laughs> what is it? Was it hula hands or shenanigans? What was the name of the restaurant in the movie? Hooligans? Hooligans? It, it was hooligans. I was actually talking to somebody about that today. Um Somebody who was 25, never watched it. And I'm trying to explain it to them. And they're just not getting it. And we'll talk more about this. This is actually really good foreshadowing for the first uh, discussion we're going to have about the pilot episode of Seinfeld. Is It's kind of just a disconnect, right? This time before cell phones is really the cutoff. Uh, I've, I've seen in my mind and, and in real life, too, with, with people. And uh, sure enough, I come back to the offices. We're walking back and talking about this. And there's someone who's 38 years old. And I go, yo, so-and-so, you've seen Office Space, right? And he's like, of course. I go, such and such hasn't seen Office Space. And he's like, fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So I... Anyway, all right. <laughs> Anybody else have anything uh, before I go on another tangent? No. You're going on another tangent? Oh, God. Well, Dandy's got to get to his drunken high schoolers, so we we, we got to keep it moving like an escalator. Whoa. It's the high schoolers. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, never let a silly thing as the truth get in the way of a good story, okay? And listen, listen, we're going to take a commercial break. We're listening to GWI Podcast, Whoa. episode 310, by the way. Uh, part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. DP don't want to know that Chris Collinsworth heat. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. 
Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back, DWI Podcast. Uh, I figured this would be a great time to let everybody know what's happening this week on episode 310. Well, well we're waiting. Well, you do it with me, Platt? I got you. She. We had a little harmony right there. Did okay. you pick yeah, up on that? It, it was don't fleeting, tell but, but it was there. Either yeah. reason that that, that, yeah. that I despise that. Huh. <laughs> Harkens back to a a, a, a a similar time in DW. This is a Groundhog Day. This is like we've 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 had this three man combination before, in honor of Groundhog Day. Anyway, um, did you guys? Did you make your pick there on Groundhog Day? Did you did you say, oh, it's going to be six more weeks or we're going to get, you know, early spring? What did you guys think? I picked early spring. I always pick early spring. Uh, but if you do helpful. the streak for the cash app uh, for on ESPN, it's always a pick on there. So um, I can go back and see what I picked every year. It's, it's, it's early, 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 Chris? It's a work, bro. <laughs> it's a work. Like, yo. Charted from February 2nd until March 21st, which is the first day of spring. It's like six, seven weeks. It's a fucking work. Oh, that's the thing. Will spring, will it be six more weeks to winter or will spring come early? It's a work. Uh, Dan, I feel like I'd rather listen to your opinion here. <sighs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you do, brother. I don't know about that, brother. I don't know about that, dude. It's, it will always okay. be six more weeks of winter. Because <laughs> it's always uh, fucking cold. It's, a, it's always it's gonna be winter. Work. <laughs> I, what, what, why the fuck you hold up this goddamn rat every fucking year? A rat with a bushy fucking tail. They, that's supposed to tell us something. Like he's a goddamn soothsayer. Let me get the fuck out of here. It's a work. Let me tell you something, dude. Bro, let me tell you something, brother. Yeah, brother. <laughs> dude. Uh, Hold on, dude. Ger- this, yeah, this tradition came in from Germany, and they used a badger in Germany. Oh. So fucking go, go figure. Ask the badger, get the badger away from me. Can we use a more docile kicha? That was more Austrian Arnold. That's I know, we get it. Whatever. We don't need those. And what's a badger? A fat badger. A fat rat. A, a rat that doesn't take care of itself. Angry. That don't hit the treadmill. Well, it's a little more angry than a it's fucking angry. groundhog. Yeah, because it's fat. It's a fat rat. Because it lives Hit in Wisconsin treadmill. and fucking cold. That's why it's angry. Salad. This <laughs> week on the podcast known as DWI for the 310th it's time, we're going to give some thoughts on the Royal Rumble and how that's going to affect everything setting up towards WrestleMania. The Trivia Trickster is not with us today. Shout out to the Trivia Trickster putting in some uh, OT, uh, banking some extra dollars. Uh, we'll, we miss him. We miss him every week. Um, and we'll see him next week. I'm, I'm very sure of it. Um it's kind of apropos doing the first episode of Seinfeld, though. It's three guys that are all 40 years old. So that's really <laughs> kind of an interesting. That's really an interesting dynamic for the very first conversation on this show, because a lot has to do with the difference in times, I think, to start. Um, and I'm really excited to do that. Uh, so speaking of the, the trivia trickster, not here, the journeyman trivia apprentice, uh, now journeyman uh, trivia master will take over. We do have trivia, folks. Don't worry about it. And well, how are you a 40 year old apprentice, dude? No, I said I'm something. not. I'm the master. He was apprentice turned journeyman now, but oh, I'm. Oh, I got you. Okay, my bag. My fine. bag. I, it's okay. It's a Friday. It's, I I love you. It's a DWF podcast. Don't drink and drive. Drink a podcast. And last call. Seinfeld style, baby. We're gonna go over season one, episode one, the pilot, the Seinfeld Chronicles, is what this episode is entitled. Chris. Why don't you make things happen? (laughs) (laughs) Let's get it on, man. They got to get to them drunken high schoolers. DPP, ring the bell. Got 26 and a half minutes to get this show over with. (laughs) Can't get over fast enough. Uh, Is that what she said? (laughs) 
Here we go. Let's do let's do this quick. Real Rumble thoughts uh, and heading in towards WrestleMania. You each got two minutes. Go ahead, DP. Hey, it seemed very chalk. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people when I've read everything saying like, oh, you know, you it's the same thing every year. It's always always like this. I don't know. I feel like the Royal Rumble is like the next chance to make a star, like, you know, almost like Money in the Bank or like how, you know, the Intercontinental title used to be that way. Like, it just felt like this Royal Rumble, the whole thing was just there was nothing special, nothing fancy that happened. It almost seemed by the book. That's why I was kind of hoping to see something different. But, you know, we got exactly what we thought was going to happen. Ronda Rousey coming back. We got Brock Lesnar coming in and winning the Rumble when they could have, I think they could have went a different way with it. So it just, it was lackluster to me. You know, usually get a couple different stars that showed up. Bad Bunny was an interesting surprise. That was kind of cool to see him. I was not excited to see Shane McMahon come back. That was a weird place for that to happen if he was going to come back in and do some stuff before WrestleMania. It just, it seemed odd. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it fit. They could have gotten another, you know, maybe older star or something to come back. That would have been kind of cooler. But, you know, I I just, I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't, I I was under, I was kind of underwhelmed, I guess. I, you know, I wasn't expecting the moon and the stars, but I always like to see something kind of cool happen. We didn't get Randy Orton and, and Riddle break up. We didn't get, you know, anything like that. So, it was just chalk, and it didn't seem very, I don't know. I think they're selling too much merchandise on that uh, RK Bro. Maybe that is. Maybe they just, they're going to extend it farther than we think or something. Fine, but it just, yeah, it just kind of, eh. You know, it was really meh to me, which is unfortunate. But I still love the Rumble. It's still great. It's still fun to watch. It's it just, I don't know, nothing fancy happened, and I was really kind of hoping at least they'd do a little something. So... I think that's my Chris? two, probably. I mean, to be fair, the men's rumble was uh, completely and utterly underwhelming until Bad Bunny and Brock Lesnar got out there and business picked up there. Um, overall, on the show, Seth and Roman, obviously that was the best match on the entire show. I think we can all agree on that. The finish was kind of bullshit, but now you set it up where you can come back to that match at some point in time, right? The women's rumble, I man, that blew my expectation out the water because I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't expect to like it at all. And I was I was entertained through the women's rumble. Shout out to Sasha Banks, who had the spot of the night, and we all know what I'm talking about. But that's neither here nor there. Uh Bobby and Ooh, here we go. I, I thought that that was gonna be a little bit better, but considering the story that they told that's why it went down the way it went down. So, okay, cool. I can rock with that. But, yeah, overall, yeah, it has some low points. But at the end of the night, man, I was sports entertained. I, I thought it was a good night. I love the Rumble. This is my favorite pay-per-view every year. And for the most part, I thought it delivered. I would give it 7 out of 10 bells, I guess, or whatever the fuck. And the fact that the, right. the side caught on night caught on fire twice. <laughs> It's hilarious too. Like. Brilliant. Sang <laughs> yeah. on fire. Let's light the fireworks off again. <laughs> if you want to hear my thoughts on it, all you got to do is go back and listen to the very first episode of the Road to WrestleMania uh, on the Chair Shot. DP, how did you like that graphic? What was the underlying um, accoutrement of that graphic did you did you recognize it i think oh, it must have been I, mean, I don't know if it was rainbow road but it might have been rainbow road <laughs> yes sir yes sir that was one pc tunny's idea and one greg demarco's execution so you can expect that most sundays heading up to wrestlemania with different people from the chair shot maybe some other radio networks as well both of you gentlemen are welcome to sign up for whichever week you'd like to join us but that's going to be myself and greg demarco the road to wrestlemania chair shot radio style um, you can check that out. Also, you can check out Pot is War. So you all heard my thoughts this week already uh, on all of this. Um, I want to keep moving here because I want to do trivia and I want to give ourselves a good 15 minutes to talk about Seinfeld because I think it's going to be a really fun conversation for us. You guys have already listened to a ton of wrestling podcasts this week and talked about the Royal Rumble. I know we got Elimination Chamber coming up. We're definitely going to get to this that on this show. Uh, expect a nice 
full size show next week with with all the regular people back. So, um, yes, Christopher. I'm still working the title right now. The working title is Jam in the Sand Seven. All versions go to heaven. But if I mean this, it's it's a working title. Like it's a it's a it's a live living organism. Like that's just what we got right now. But I got some time to come up with something better. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. We work the chamber in there. Chamber okay. in heaven. Jam in the Sand Seven. Can you? Can you can you give me the cliff notes of a Christopher Platt Pro Wrestling Tees commercial, please? Sure. If you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at the Chair Shot is by supporting the movement and going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot, picking up an official Chair Shot T-shirt. We literally have something for everybody. All you have to do is peruse ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot, and I guarantee you're going to find something you find aesthetically pleasing. Keep it soft style, fellas. Only time that's acceptable. Ask your women. Again, thechairshot.com. We're not just a website, we're a movement. But again, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank this you, please. The longest cliff notes I've ever picked up ever. We'll be right back. But I love you, Chris. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Shout out to Kitty Killer. I'm about four months away from being eligible for the dad cast. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Nice. <laughs> well, fucking slapped on himself. Hey, he predicted the Royal Rumble winners. No AJ Blaz today. Trivia Master is in the house. PC20. DP can attest I've been known to write, publish, and execute a fair number of uh party trivia games that have been extremely well received oh we've had some uh fantastic trivia nights hosted by the great pc tunny here over at the generals for sure uh i have an idea for uh i don't know how many days is it now but you know what i'm talking about so uh let me know if you have some time this weekend and uh we can get together and put something really spectacular uh for for the people this year Sounds good, brother. All right, here we go. Gentlemen, you know how we do this. Door number one. Door. No- I, I'm stealing from AJ right now. Door number one, door number two, or door number three. Um, I got a number behind my back. Literally, it's one or two. Have, uh, Chris? I have Hoop Dreams coach. Just do door number two, man. Shit, come on. No, is it is it one or two behind my back? It's one. It is a one. Which door would you like? Gee, I don't know. How about number two? Oh, the drizzling shits. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Pavlov's dog. Christopher Platt, ladies and gentlemen. That's a great, you do a really good job of playing that part. I have my moments. Uh, no No one ever wants to play Schrodinger's cat. I don't get it. All right. Question number one. You'll never and that's know. door number two. Look at Tony trying to show his brave power. Look at you. I've mentioned <laughs> both of those things like on more than a couple dozen podcasts. I've even used I've used Schrodinger's cat on a number of different angles in wrestling. Um, in the what was the first ever WrestleMania match? Tony, trivia master. He is such a trivia master. PC Tony, trivia master. Fucking trivia master. You don't know. <laughs> I, got I got nothing. I should know this, all things this considered. Too what we did last year with the Mania Madness. By the way, <laughs> y'all need to go re-release that shit. Gonna be y- a, go re-release that shit, man. 
Is it possible that there could be a grassroots movement for a PC Tony trivia show? I don't know. Chris, what do you got for an answer there? I see you putting it up in front of you, a little lower, a little closer to the screen. Ooh. You got... Yeah. Oh, boy. Interesting. Okay. You can't see I it, kid. You, you can't see I, it, can you? Can you read? Can you tell me? Yes, that's what it was. Yes. Ah, yes. yes. Special delivery and Bundy. Okay, that's yes. your that's your answer. DP, do you have anything? No, I have nothing. Chris, you were wrong. I think the it was first a tag ever match. WrestleMania match, which is the first match at the very first WrestleMania, was Tito Santana defeating. The Executioner. DPP, can you hit the buzzer for both of you? Thank you very much. DP. Oh, yeah, that's one for each of you. Yeah. DP, would you like door number one or door number three? Keeping with my new uh, new rule and going door number three. Excellent. I really am glad that you guys did it this way. <laughs> and I would have had to go against my numbers if you didn't. But here we go. God damn it. <laughs> Pavlov, you fucking genius. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man lost his intercontinental title to the Ultimate Warrior. At which pay-per-view in what year? Give me a break. That's the fucking question. It was SummerSlam in 88. Who was he supposed to face? <laughs> PC Tony, he just fucking tricked you, PC. Tony, he might even be the better trickster. Sorry, AJ stole your job. That shit's fucked up. Yes, it is. Why'd you choose that question, PC Tony? That shit's fucked up. Yes, it is. We both know who that guy was. Oh, yeah. Do you both know? Answers? I don't think he knows if he says, oh, yeah. <laughs> Christopher says the Macho Man. Oh yeah, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The Barber Beefcake Masters. Brutus, bitch. It's Brutus Beefcake, Platt. I'm oh, sorry. there's no wrestler named Brutus, bitch. <laughs> Brutus the bitch beefcake. The bitch cake. Bitch cakes. That there's something there. That probably should have been his name because he was Hoga's bitch. That's why he had a career, right? Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> We're going to put a target zone on this. No. So they're going to give Platt a chance to win. If you can come within 100 days of the answer, you get two points. I'm not going to. Do that. Oh boy, here we go. Moolah, the fabulous Moolah, depends on who you talk to. Oh, Jesus. Has the longest women's title reign in <laughs> WWE history. How many days? Hello, Fabulous. So you've seen the commercials. So you've seen the commercials of the South Park of them, the orchestra singing the South Park song. Have you seen the orchestra doing the Cow's Mom's a Bitch song? Yeah, it's yeah, I have. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, yeah, I lost this week, ladies and gentlemen. Did you? Well, <laughs> Tony has four eyes. She's biggest bitch. She's the biggest, biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's biggest bitch. If ever was a bitch, she's a bitch. You are a poison girl. She on Monday, she's a bitch on Tuesday, she's a bitch on Wednesday, she's a bag of King Kong bitch on Thursday, I don't know, super King Kong bitch. Anyway, all right, that one got out of hand for me. Got away from me. It started off good. Uh, no, that's oh, it, nice. It, it, Chris, 1170 DP, 3500. Neither of you are within 6,000 days. Moolah's champ for 10,160 ah. days. We got a winner, and it's D. 
P-P. I call bullshit. Feels good. Since I love Peacemaker so much, this is how we're going out of trivia today. AJ, can't wait to see you back next week. Love you, brother. Hey, Sweet Cheeks. Can you take my order real quick? All right, DP. It's last call. Last call. What do you mean it's last call? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you know what this is all about? Do you know why we're here? To be out. This is out. And out is one of the single most enjoyable experiences of life. People you know, people talk about we should go out. This is what they're talking about. This whole thing, we're all out now. No one is home. Not one person here is home. We're all out. There are people trying to find us. They don't know where we are. Did you read? I can't find him. Where did he go? He didn't tell me where he was going. He must have gone out. Seinfeld season one, episode one. This episode aired in May or June of 89. The next four episodes of season one would air starting May 31st of 90 in four consecutive weeks to start the summer. So that's the first season of Seinfeld. This is called the Seinfeld Chronicles. This is the pilot. Just a different time, gentlemen. Let's just briefly go around the horn. We all see we got just under 10 minutes left here. So let's go briefly around the horn about how this is a different time. There's no cell phones. They talk about, he just said, I'm out. How do you get a hold of me? Well, you couldn't then. People didn't take cell phones with them. You could page them if someone was, you know, had enough money to have a beeper, right? Very, very rich people had car phones. But Chris, what were your first reactions going back and seeing this and the, like the time differences there? Like, and they do the skits of him doing comedy at the clubs and people are smoking and the clothes. He taped the Mets game to come home and he, that's kind of similar today though. He voided contact and taped the Mets game to come home to it. Like you avoid social media today and come home and watch something recorded. I know O'Dowd talks about it all the time. Yeah. All, all that shit was crazy, man. And it was just, you know, this came at a weird point in time because, you know, Cosby and Cheers, they were kind of wrapping their runs up, which is what brought NBC back from the dead, those two shows. Yeah. And and this was kind of the bridge between this and Friends. Like, this is the show that probably set up the, what was it, the must-see TV Thursday nights on NBC, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. but, yeah, but but going back and watching all the, just the, the differences and whatnot, and, and this is a much different show than it, it, it ended up being, too, because they kind of bounced back and forth. It was like half and half. Like, it was half Jerry stand-up and half actual situation comedy it's, as well. It's funny you bring that up. The, the way, and we're going to do this over however many next years it's going to take. We're going to go one at a time, week by week. But this show reminds me of this show. 
and how this first episode, it seemed like they decided, okay, we have a show about nothing, which is just a show about everyday life, which is a show about here we do this. And they go to the laundromat and they go to the airport and they go to his apartment. And then uh, where else did they go? Somewhere else that was really that he, that they do all they the time. At the diner. At the diner. So thank you. Diner. And they had to get their shit in, right? They got their shit in, right? That used to be us. We got our shit in. Now we just fucking, we plan for something, but this show laughs at plans, much like God. I'm not really comparing this show to God, but it's something they have in common. I just, it's amazing. It's an amazing show. We, I, I, I personally did three backwards episodes of this motherfucker in tribute to this show, DP. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's what a lot of it is, is it's just about nothing. And it's about, you know, it just organically gets to something. You know, it's just, it starts off as a regular, just generic story, you know, and I tried to, I tried to watch this kind of with like uh, fresh eyes of like, I know where it's going and I know it gets better. And like, you try and think about this and you watch a lot of pilots and you watch a lot of first seasons of shows and you're like, God, how the fuck did it keep on going? You know? Cause they're just like, it's really rough. Like when you go back and watch like the first episodes, you're like, wow, like that was like the whole sets are different. The, the restaurants, the diner is different. The. You know, all that See, stuff is weird, and it's like, okay, that's fine. And then you like you start listening to the story, and it's like, it's still funny. The same. It's still the funny. Apartment is it's, is different. Like it, yeah. that that was weird to me. Kramer yeah, even looked different. Like all, all that well, shit yeah. was weird. Kramer, you don't even know who Kramer is. It's just like, oh, your neighbor comes walking by. Elaine's not in it. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's focused on George and Jerry, and that's it. It's it's funny because to me, it's it, all of it's familiar because I watch it all all the time, right? But you yeah. guys have seen it, but haven't gone. You guys will still be once we get to like the third and fourth season onwards. You guys are going to be familiar with everything oh, because yeah. those are the seasons that can run in syndication. You don't get the first two seasons in syndication much. Well, usually when you catch them in the in the cycle, it's you never seem to catch those first episodes. It's like always the middle ones when it gets. They don't know the first. I, the, the first two seasons are rarely in syndication because I've seen them flip over. Now that they just randomly put up the most popular episodes. To be honest with you, you know those are the ones I always seem to catch. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's it's funny to me. I, I just want to say this real quick, Sonny. No, no. I, I know we're, you know times the thing, but um, it's funny because. Everybody says that this is the show about nothing and, you know, that made it pioneering. I don't necessarily take that path because, I mean, what the fuck was Three's Company about? They was just chilling. You know what I mean? But the thing that I say where this show is groundbreaking. But just real quick, the the reason I say that this show is groundbreaking. Just compared to Diamonds. I mean... Well, no, the reason I say that this show is groundbreaking. People like it where Swarovski, but it's not a fucking diamond. For the third time, the reason I say this show is groundbreaking is because, and maybe there was something before this, but I wasn't aware of it. This was the first situational comedy that I ever saw where the main characters weren't likable. Like Jerry, George, Elaine, they're all assholes. Kramer is charming. But he'd be doing the most. Like, he just busts in the apartment. He'll grab meat out the fucking freezer. Even this uh, episode where he just rips off the page of the magazine. And then Jerry says, I was going to read that. And he takes his tongue and licks it and puts it back in the motherfucker. Like, this is the first time that we had seen a show where all the characters were unlikable. And now that's a thing now. Most notably with, you know, It's Sunny and, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which is basically just Seinfeld, rather, on crack and meth simultaneously but that you know that's a that's a, a wide trope now but you know back in 89 that you know you 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 had to have some sort of relatable character that people could like in order to have a show on television and this broke let the me, mold let me uh i wrote down three lines from a couple different parts of the show which one one of those. Uh, so the first one in in chronological order is they're at the they went to the laundromat as well right yeah, we mentioned that one he goes, you can't overdie, you can't overdry. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady, so, listen, the watching. background. Everybody back, got that? You, okay, so, I mean, like, my dream is for people just to listen to this show, just to li- follow along with us watching Seinfeld. And I think I think we're going to get uh, some people that do that, and I'm really going to appreciate it. Um, so, if you watch the background actors, if you want to go back and just go to this scene before you watch the next episode next week, 
the background actors do a really good job of ignoring Jerry and George having a conversation until this conversation starts about dying. And they just all eyes focus on them. And whoever directed this episode did a great job of not forgetting the background acting. So I thought that was great. George pops open the dryer when Jerry's not looking because he's tired of waiting for his not his laundry. Um, it, it, it's really a funny scene. It's a great it's a great written. It's a well written. It might be the best written and executed scene in the uh, episode. Oh, yeah. When you can get the, the background actors to like hit that mark so perfectly to when he starts saying those lines and they start peak, you know, perking up and listening to the, what's going on. And they all, you know, George just acknowledged them. Everybody got that, you know, like, like <laughs> all right. and then, then they go back about their business. Like that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and when he turns to the black lady to try to get confirmation to what he said with, you know, to Jerry and she just looks at him like, I'm not fucking with anything you got going on right now. Why are you even talking to me? Like, Yeah. <laughs> It's it's so it's such such I don't know I thought it was really good it was just it was kind of cool to see that one just to see like yeah like you said they they focus a little more on his stand up like just because they they don't have the characters developed it's a lot of that and it's one story throughout that entire episode about the woman coming in to visit <laughs> you know and it's like man they go through that entire thing just talking about that one thing and that's it that's the whole thing sure. it's, it's pretty crazy that um, woman, she, she got more right, nerve before... than a brass monkey don't she Who like the how fuck can does you... that shit. Exactly. So I'm, I am, I'm also recording at this moment in time, DP. So uh, I just got two other lines here. If you want to stick around for them and then you can go and Christopher Platt will wrap uh, and I'll wrap up this segment and the show. Okay. Um, And and I'll just get your reactions on them and Chris and I can keep going. Uh, Kramer comes in. We talk about Kramer busting in his robe, right? And he ruins the Mets game. And then at some point he reaches into his pockets and he looks at Jerry and he goes, you got any meat? <laughs> with one of the two pieces of can. bread. <laughs> he goes into his fucking bro. He grabs a bread in one hand. It's right. One rye bread in one hand, one rye bread in the other hand. He looks at Jerry and goes, you got any meat? <laughs> DP? I don't know. I don't know. Check the fridge. <laughs> hunt. He goes, hunt. Hunt. Yeah, hunt. <laughs> Who the fuck? I never, yeah. Just a great, just great. So the premise of this the premise of this entire episode is Jerry meets someone on the road and makes friends with the woman that he thinks is single and he gives her his number and she calls and says she's going to be in town. Can she stay by him for a night? And she shows up and he picks her up and it's great. And George is speculating on the relationship and it finds out that her fiance calls his place. And George has been saying there's been signs and things of that nature. Jerry didn't want to believe it, but she has a fiance and Jerry finds this out right before he commits to a five-hour boat tour with a woman he has no chance of scoring and lets her stay for another night in his house. How disappointing, gentlemen. Right? Getting cock-blocked on the phone from a fiancé. Um, and there's going to be more fiancé. Oh, have you seen my fiancé? Uh, we're going to get to that because we're recovering everything, Seinfeld. But DP, the episode damn near ends with her looking at Jerry and saying, I can't wait to get on that boat ride. And Jerry looks at her back and begrudgingly and disappointedly and knowing that George was right, looks at her and says, me too. And, you know, how often do you get to say when you get through the rest of these episodes to say George was right? Like the whole time you're listening to this and he's just, he's back and forth on all this shit. You know he has no idea what he's talking about. And then it turned. Then of course he's right at the end. Like, yep, you had no chance. Never had a chance. <laughs> all right, DP, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Oh, just all over the worldwide social media interwebs. And it's me, DPP. All right, brother. I will talk to you soon. I will see you next weekend. Uh, tell Brady I said hello, and uh, hopefully I can see him soon as well. Adios, muchacho. See ya, fellas. Christopher, where would you like to start? Would you like to start? You got time, right? You want to do a little bit of more introspection here? Yeah, I got some time, man. Why not? All right. Let's give people a little bit more time. 
Do you want to go back and talk about either of those quotes and those points in time, or is there anything you had fresh on your mind that you wanted to cover coming into this episode as far as anything in the episode or how, where we're starting, you know, in, in like 89 with Seinfeld, you know what I mean? How things are different, anything you didn't get to cover that you wanted to talk about. I want to talk about how that is so much a woman thing to do to, you know what I mean? To, to impose upon this guy that you absolutely know is filling you and is thinking you're going to right. sleep with him. I want you to, I want you to go ahead and take as much time as you want and talk about that. Okay. Because I want to set it up first because that's really what the idea that this entire episode is built around, right? The first thing you come to is them in the diner talking about this, right? And then this is everything in between is just waiting for this to happen and happening. So let's hear it. Yeah, that's uh, such a woman thing to do. I mean, granted, the the women in 89 are a lot different than the women right now. So there's that in terms of her level of attractiveness. But no, she knew the whole time that, that she knew Jerry and she met Jerry. She knew Jerry was filling her. She had to know Jerry was filling her. And she bogarts her way into his home. Not only does she bogart her way into his home, he books a boat ride thinking that there's something here with this woman. Whole time she knew that she had a fiancé, but she took advantage of his male naivete, shall we say? Because you know how it is when, you know, when we're with women. And she knew what it was, so she got a free room, didn't have to pay for a hotel in New York City, which even back in 1989, I'm sure that wasn't that was going to cost a pretty penny. So not only does she get to go on the boat ride, or excuse me, get a place to stay, she also gets to go on the boat ride. And then she's also maneuvering it with the fiance, like, oh man, you you know, it's okay. Why are you tripping? Blah, this, blah, that. Because obviously oh, he felt the way about her the, staying yeah. with another man yeah, that's in the New York funniest, City that's for the, the weekend. That's the funniest thing is that they play that over the phone too. Like, you know, this is a totally, guys are not for this kind of thing whatsoever. And girls just don't get it or they play naive on it, right? It's like, I've had this conversation. They play naive. I've played this conversation with many women who didn't, who uh, who weren't playing naive and really thought, you know, that, that some guys just want to be their friend. And I went, you know what? You're so stupid. Every You give any guy the fucking chance, it's going to happen. Basically, as a woman, and most women know this, man, any man since you've been menstruating, any man that has ever been nice to you, like uh, not all, I mean, but we're having a telling conversation. They want to sleep with you. And given the opportunity, they would. Listen, inside of work or mentor-student relationship or, you know, uh, let's just take away the family thing and not say that people are incestuous. Um, But those two things I can see. But, like, outside of that, like, like if it's like I have this friend and, and, oh, he's so cool. and, and But not like that, you know. Well, to him, the first chance he gets, don't be like that. Trust me. So do you think she was totally oblivious? Because I don't. I think she knew exactly what oh, she was Oh, for doing. sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Espe- and and, and that the telling thing was, like, she set it up. She turned the lamp down. Mm-hmm. She unbuttoned the button. She asked for the wine. She said, oh, mm-hmm. would it be okay if I would stay another night? And you know what I'd really love to do? And get close mm-hmm. to Jerry. And then the phone rings. Too bad for Jerry. The phone didn't ring about two minutes earlier, eh? <laughs> right, <laughs> and we're like, oh, I don't know. I just got a call this morning. We're gonna go to Lake City. Not gonna be all my head So, do you think he still could have hit it? But but after that happened, if he Jerry's just not that guy. Cool Jerry, or... Well, I don't know. Jerry can't. Jerry's not really that guy. I still think he might have had a chance to hit it. I, I still think he might have had a chance. But I after think, that, he was I think already she, turned off and okay, felt like so a sucker. He, well, he felt like a sucker. Here's the other thing. I think she had no interest whatsoever. Um, okay, in, okay. And, and so two, she just, what, if, yeah. what about something else? What if she thought he was gay? Interesting. Because we do get that story down the road. Interesting. Because, I mean, that didn't enter my mind because it's 89 and that was still kind of taboo in 89 but touche i don't think yeah. the writers were trying to go there at that time i think they were trying to go the other yeah. way with women playing men 
necessarily, yeah. or men. Men being stupid. One of the two, right? But there's yeah, three. Yeah. There's three things there. Yeah, I. But no, going back, like I could see that that subtext that she might have because thought that he was on the gay. phone she's I like, "I'm not having this conversation again." Like in her mind, I'm basically staying by my I girlfriends mean, as far as sexuality and 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 you know possibly hooking up goes. I mean, to be fair, at this point in time, what is he in his mid thirties? He's meticulously clean. Like I I I I get what I pick, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I can see where there's if, a, a universe where she could think he was gay. I get that. If I'm offending the LGBTQ community, I'm not trying to. If I'm using the wrong words or 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 referring to like anything is not as as unnormal. I'm just trying to like put it down in 1989 terms of what was happening or or you know not that sounds horrible too. But just like I feel like the situations we talked about are all possible in play here. Not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. We're trying to actually be respectful and opening the horizons of the possibilities is what I'm trying to do. Just want to put that out there. No, that's fair. Then thanks for the disclaimer, but taking it (laughs) back there to the 89. No, I was being dead ass, man, but taking it back to the 89 perspective and in that, within that context, that would be more likely to happen today than sure. it would back then. So right. now you, I'm doubling but back to not she even... was playing him like a fiddle this whole time. Because I think she it's... had to know he was interested in her. It's less than five years from now, though, um, it, it, as far as the series goes. So we're still in the early or early mid-90s when they do the writer who thinks George and Jerry are gay. And we'll get to that because even Jerry's parents for a minute, didn't they think he might have been gay at some well, point? Well, that's, that's part Somebody's of that Somebody's parents thought. Okay, okay. We'll we'll get to oh, that. Oh no, we'll, I thought we'll get ahead of ourselves. I, yeah, we'll get the fun this is the best part about it though, doing it with you and me and Dan. We've all seen all of these at least twice, possibly three times, some of us more. Mm-hmm. And we can foreshadow too. You know, so I, I'm just yeah. this is this is a lot of fun. That's why I, I I unfortunately Dan had to go. We had some weird shit pop up today with scheduling. You know how life happens. Um so uh, if more of you listen, tell your friends, maybe we can do this uh, as a job and it'll always be on time and the, the right amount of length. But I just <laughs> I just love this. I, I love it. I love going back and watching it and watching it, thinking about what I'm going to talk about. Right. So like today, I wrote down the three lines. Do you have any comments on, you know, Kramer came in with the robe and pulled the bread out of his hand and looked at you, you got any meat? And he goes, I don't know, I'll go hunt. I mean, that's insane. That's, that's a, what a beautiful introduction to Kramer. He ruins a Met game and he's asking for food. Didn't knock either. Yeah, that's Kramer in a nutshell. And it's funny because this initial episode, Kramer was, they were almost kind of setting Kramer up for, as, as being like a Howard Hughes type character. Cause you remember the line that he fed to Jerry said, I almost went to this game. And Jerry says, almost went to this game. You haven't been out this apartment in 10 years. So they were kind of set, they were setting him up as this eccentric Howard Hughes type character. And ultimately, obviously the character evolves, but I, I thought that was interesting on the go back or on the look back. So I, I love using the tagline, um, the show about nothing comes to the podcast about nothing, considering the attitude we've adapted <laughs> to the show, it, it, which is not a bad thing. I'm not like bashing it either because I don't think it's lazy. I think we just, we know our, our strength and it's us like just connecting in a raw fashion. So I want to ask you a serious question to start this whole project. Is it hard? Is it harder for you to watch Seinfeld since Michael Richards, or is are you you know do you feel offended or think about it at any time? How did you feel about his whole outburst, like all of that? Talk about. Do you mind giving me your thoughts on when he went off and lost it? And I mean, I don't know that he necessarily was trying to be malicious, and maybe he's true to what he said. He was trying to make the word whatever, but he was so wrong in whatever he was trying to do. How do you feel about it? I, w- I would personally love to know. If you don't want to talk about it, let me know, but I, I would love to hear how you feel. You know what's funny, and I'm probably going to get a little backlash for this. Um, I, Having read things about, you know, the, the cast of Seinfeld and this and that and, you know, diving a little bit backstage and I understood how meticulous Michael Richards was 
on that show about his character and everything and how he needed everything like kind of plotted out for him. And he was he was just very meticulous on how that character came across and everything that that character was going to embody or not embody, but just go through on a particular episode. That's just what he was. He's not really a stand up. Like that stand up thing is a whole different beast than a situational comedy. You know what I mean? And I think he started to get heckled. He didn't know how to handle it and he melted down. You know what I mean? Like I I think he was trying to be funny and trying to combat the heckling and he just did it in the worst possible way ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just was what it was. And I, I you know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't necessarily think he's racist. The part that kind of had me sideways is when Seinfeld had him on Dave Letterman, you know, like the 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 Monday after everything went down and he used the term Afro-Americans. I'm like, Kramer, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, bro, but you said Afro-Americans. <laughs> like, the fuck, G? Like, right? that, <laughs> but hard. honestly, I don't think he's I, I don't think he's racist. I think he was bombing and I think he panicked and that should happen. Uh that being said, man. You know, we we do this. We're human beings, man. There's some certain people where we can separate life from the art, and there's certain people that we can't. You know what I mean? A perfect example, R. Kelly. I can't. He's a sexual deviant making sexual deviant music. I can't separate the art from the life or from the person, rather. But in this particular scenario, man, it doesn't really come up that much for me. Like I can appreciate the character Kramer. And I, I don't know what the fuck is going on in Michael Richards. I don't I don't think he's racist. I I, I don't. And I, I even like how they played off of that when they had the Seinfeld reunion on Curb Your Enthusiasm and Leon comes to the door. And it was funny as shit. He says, oh, man, I apologize. What you want? Don't hurt me. <laughs> like, that shit was funny, man. And yeah, so, yeah, that all, you know, I, I said all that to say, and I don't even know what if what I said made any sense, but I said all that to say that I can separate the character from whatever the fuck that was. He just, he had a bad night. Excellent. Thank you for answering my question. I really appreciate it. Um, all right. We talked about the relationship between the man and the woman. Was it weird to actually notice the nightclub in the background and people are smoking and the clothes they're wearing? And I mean, it's fucking, it's not even 1990 yet. It's eight, 19, It's the summer of 89 and there's Jerry with this way too big fucking sports coat and his crazy <laughs> haircut. And these people are all wearing their uh, stonewashed jeans and the rest of this stuff and shoulder pads and the big eye hair for the women. I mean, it was a different time. It's actually really good retrospective on, you know, the early 90s through the 90s. It's funny you brought up the sport coat because whenever I go back and watch older shows or movies, that's initially that's literally the first thing I pick up on. Oh, is sure. Their suits or their sport coats or whatever just being way too big because we didn't know any better at the time. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing that I pick up on, you know, initially. And even Jerry, he's kind of got like the shag. It's it's not quite the wrestler mullet, but it, it, it's very shaggish, like his haircut and whatnot, and and even the the women. And I'm sure that's gonna be that's gonna be a thing too. Like well, the women are very uh, they're not all they're not all winners. I'm, I'll, I'll just well, say that. Uh, let me put it to you this way: I think the figure is much more hidden in this era. So you may have some sleepers on your hands. You just don't know. It's not like today where you wear yoga pants and the midriff is showing and half your boobs are hanging out. Like, we know exactly. There's no surprise when you take your clothes off. I mean, it's just like women. Honestly, if you wonder if you're a woman, okay, I fucking feel like a jackass doing it, but I'm going to do it because if it helps one person. Now I feel like a bigger jackass, but I really believe in what I'm about to say. Women, if you're wondering why you don't get more respect from men, you can still wear tight you can still you can still wear tight clothing without exposing any skin or and and feeling sexy or 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 you know give less away for free okay he's not going to buy the cow if you're giving the milk away for free all i'm going to say by tony the fuck was supposed to say that Seinfeld make me go all sorts of places but my point was, no one, no men tuck their shirt in anymore either. Really, 
you know, you had the whole every Jerry's tucked in all the time. Um, and then he comes, you get, he's wearing sweatpants, uh, a crew neck sweater and an undershirt and the, uh, to go out into the world. And he came home and he untucked his undershirt to sit down and took off his shoes. <laughs> like today, we don't tuck any of that shit in. The sweatpants are pulled halfway up your fucking leg. Your ass is hanging out. Your shoes aren't fucking tied. I mean, we just, we, we figured out a way to save time by barely dressing ourselves, but covering up completely. I can never pull off the tucked in look anyway, unless I have a suit on because it just, it's just not a good look for me. It just, it doesn't work for me. It's like putting a hat to the back. That doesn't work for me either. So I agree. It's the suit thing. Um, or if the sweater's over it, it's, you know, in the right situation, uh, golf, I, I, I vary depends on who I'm golfing with and where I'm golfing, I guess. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. I, I can't do the tucked in shirt. if I don't have a, a, a suit jacket or I'll a be blazer honest with or something, you, I just, it's funny. I, it just doesn't on me. Even the stuffiest of places like the golf course and even the stuffiest of country clubs, it's almost 50, 50 now. You still yeah, have, the, you'll still have, you'll tuck, still have the nice it, pants. You'll still have the nice you know, shirt and everything, but some guys talk, some guys don't. It's a, I mean, number one, you have to have a certain body type for the tuck to work. Plus it helps if the shirt is tailored, the shirt and pants are tailored. It makes it, you know, flow a little bit better. The funny thing is, is you do have a tuck body type. Eh, it does. It just looks weird, man. It looks weird. Okay. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to mirror shame you. <laughs> no, it just looks weird with the tuck, man. Like I, I tried it before, and it just looks weird. Anything else from this episode or Seinfeld in general as we uh, wrap up this final uh, thoughts on the very first episode of Seinfeld, the Seinfeld Chronicles, season one, episode one. I got some laughs out of it, and did did you have you ever picked up on? How and I'm, I I don't want to go down the rabbit hole all the way, but how similar Seinfeld's comedy is to Bill Cosby's. Like there's a correlation there, you know, well, as comedians. I'm not talking about any of the other ancillary uh, shit. No, 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 I'm strictly no, no. Well, talking about as comedians. Right, but at the time, who who was? I mean, he was one of he was one of the icons uh, at that time. He had. Oh, oh I mean, no, yeah, yeah. He had yeah. Uh, not only. It, it, he he did what Jerry was aspiring to do, right? He was a comedian. He got over as comedian. He got specials as a comedian. He got a show as a comedian. And his show was the best show in the country. I literally sat... So my parents got divorced when I was younger. And I ended up living with my dad's grandparents for a good portion of... I don't know, like fucking three four till three four years old till about fourth or fifth grade kind of and uh what was it cosby's was on thursdays wasn't it yeah yeah every thursday white german grandma white <laughs> german grandson get together i sit on grandma's lap or sit next to grandma on the love seat and we watch the cosby show every fucking week appointment period it's just it's just funny to me man because i can see the correlations between the two in their style of stand-up you know what i mean and another funny thing man and we we can you know uh wrap this up but seinfeld in college he actually hung out with the brothers like his his roommate was a brother and i think he's a lawyer now or something like that so his roommate came out and and watched one of his uh stand-ups and he said yo you're not funny to me but you're going to make a lot of money. And you could tell that Seinfeld kind of hung out with the brothers in college because he's, he's got a little bit of that swagger to him. You know what I mean? He's a little bit of an asshole. He's a little bit of a dick, but he's got like this charming quality to him as well. Like he, you could tell he's got some swag to him. You could tell he's got some brothers, you know, he had some brothers with him. And, you know, one of his best friends is, you know, the legendary comic George Wallace, who, you know, yeah, they've been friends forever. Like you, you could tell. Uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Yes. Everyone? Yes. The only one I haven't seen yet is the Eddie one. 
Okay. Which that makes no sense, but yes. <laughs> but I saw the one with him and George Wallace. If 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 you're a Seinfeld fan and you haven't seen, I I doubt there's many of these people out there. If you're a liger yeah. uh, and you haven't seen uh, <laughs> uh, comedians, great show, great comedians show. of cards, yes, uh, excellent, excellent. All right. Um, you can find DP at It's Me DPP. You can find AJ at Phenomenal AJB on the Twitter and all over the Chairshot.com doing his thing. Christopher, uh, I love our conversations. I think this Seinfeld thing is just going to be excellent. I, it's going to take us to all different places, and, and I'm looking forward to it. What, what's up with you, and uh, where can people find you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat. Make sure you tune in to Band. Excuse me. Oh yeah, tune in to Bandwagon Nerds too. It's the best <laughs> show you're not listening to. Possibly. Y'all can find me on Three Man Weave debuting Thursdays at the Chair Shot, and I'm just all over this Melon Farmer man. But make sure y'all tune in to Chair Shot and everything we got going on. There's a lot of cool shows, great articles written by great writers, and just all things Chair Shot. Just consume it, and make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. Pick up an official Chair Shot T-shirt and support the movement, please. Thank you, thank you, and please. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is PC Tunney. You can find me at PC Tunney on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything Chair Shot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms and thechairshot.com. Next week, The Stakeout, May 31st, 1990, Episode 2, Season 1 of Seinfeld. We'll be here. You'll be there. We appreciate you listening. And you've been listening to another of the podcast known as D D W W God damn it this was such good shit What's the deal with the peanuts on the airplane (laughs) I got nothing Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.